0: What is up, guys? It is the Blue Blood tier, man. We're just going to start a whole Tennessee state trend, man. Everyone is sleeping on the Tigers up there in Tennessee, as head coach Eddie George has put it, has put together. An absolutely stacked team for this next season. There's there, there's no surprise. I picked them to win the OVC. And we got one of the key pieces in the secondary here with us today. And Dion Villiers, man. And this guy's a three-star DB out of the state of Florida. That was an all-district selection down there and a consensus three-star prospect, man. So Dion, appreciate you coming on the show.
1: Yes, sir. Appreciate you for having me.
0: So usually we focus on just college, man. But listen, Florida football is so popular. I live in Mobile. It's right down the street from me. Lake Gibson is one of the more successful high schools in Florida, man. And you guys had a tough start in the season, 0-2. And then y'all go on to win eight of your last 10 games in impressive fashion, make a big run in the playoffs. Going back to last year and your senior year, how did you guys turn the season around after a really tough start?
1: Uh, so, um, actually going into the season, we had a, a big coaching change. So our head coach had actually left to go back to his alma mater high school to go coach there. So, you know, uh, starting off the season, new coaching change, new coach, dive, new head coach. It was really, we really wanted to focus on getting that, feeling I mean, coming together as a team and kind of just really buying into the new coach's system. Um, and you know, to start off the season, uh, first game, we played the number one team in class eight, A. So, you know, that was a tough one. We actually lost that one by, I think, like a point. And then second game of the season, we actually traveled up to Georgia to play a national game on ESPN against Lowndes. And, you know, it was – we didn't come out with the outcome that we wanted, but I definitely feel like those two losses at the beginning of the season kind of kind of let us know, like, where we were as a team and especially playing that type of competition. We were able to know, like, what we can do and if we really buy in, then – we could really win out. So I feel like that's what we did. I
0: man, y'all did. Man, there were some teams y'all drug after that 0 2 start where, I mean, it's like y'all took out all that frustration. And you guys had a lot of talent on that late Gibson team. There were a lot of guys who now were signed to go play D1, man. But looking at you, you played multiple positions. You, you've played corner, you play safety, you play wide receiver. Do you feel like playing wide receiver helped you develop into a better defensive back?
1: Uh, most definitely, you know, I wasn't always a DB. I started off as a receiver in high school. And I think making the transition from receiver to DB, it kind of made my job easier because, you know, any receiver I lined up against, I pretty much knew what they were going to do because I was once that receiver at one point in time. So it kind of basically made it seem like I was just mirroring what they were doing because I had already knew what to do. I already had those skills. So it definitely played a key factor into helping me become a better DB.
0: For sure, man. And listen, I, I just mentioned it to start the show. Florida football is right up there with the Georgias, the Texas, the California. It's a top four state just in general of high school talent. How much do you think playing high-level Florida football prepared you to step into Tennessee State and be an instant impact guy?
1: Uh, Most definitely. I mean, you know, me personally, I definitely feel like Florida is the most talented state when it comes to football players or whatever. And just the competition down here is different. I mean, not even not even getting into the state, but just our county in general, Polk County from where I'm from. I mean, we done had greats like the Pouncy Twins, Chris Rainey. I mean, anybody you can name, a lot of them done came out of Polk County. So I definitely feel like just surrounded by all that talent, it's kind of like you have no other way to make it out just like everybody else did. And definitely like everybody around you, they kind of just compete you to go harder. It's just a real competition
0: everywhere, man. That was such a throwback, man. Being an Auburn fan, Chris Rainey, like that's uh, he was one of my favorite players. Even though I wasn't a Florida fan, man, he was he, that those Florida teams back in like the mid late two thousands. Listen, I mean the talent that they had from the state of Florida was unreal, man. Yeah, but looking at your recruiting, man, you had interest from so many teams. I mean, listen, I follow the FCS. I know North Dakota State was on you hard. I, I was looking at your Twitter. You were having posts from North Dakota State, Tennessee State, the list goes on and on. Even some group of five guys. So for you, what was your recruiting process like in general and what teams were on you the hardest?
1: Uh so my recruiting process, it was it was definitely uh fun, especially with me making the transition to DB from receiver in my senior year. Uh, pretty much throughout the season, I was kind of catching offers like week by week. You feel me, I was hearing from different schools week by week, just depending on like my play and how my play was going um so you know the way my recruiting process went, it kind of got delayed since we went so far into the playoffs, so that kind of came into a little problem with me being able to take all my visits, taking all my official visits, or whatever. But I can definitely say, um. Well, a team that was recruiting me the hardest, it was North Dakota State at first. They were kind of, they were recruiting me since my junior year. But um, when Tennessee State came into the picture, uh, Coach McNutt, he actually offered me. And he pretty much told me from the day he offered me, he was like, from the jump, he was like, I'm going to get you to commit. And I was like, you know me, I'm like, you know, every coach just talks like that. But from the day that he offered me, I mean, I was hearing from him every week, checking up on me, and especially he would like send me some of my game field kind of trying to show me what I could work on or whatever. So he definitely did a good job with that. And then coming into like the end of my process, the top three schools that are recruiting me the hardest were Tennessee State, uh, Western Carolina, and USF. So those were kind of the three schools that stood out there at the end.
0: All great schools, Western Carolina doing their thing too at the FCS level. And and USF has been, you know, we saw, I believe it was a few years ago, they were like top 10 in the country, not, not that far in the recent past. So, Looking at all the factors, man. Outside of the relationship you built with, with with the coaches, what factors led you to commit to Tennessee State over all the other great offers that you had?
1: Uh, most definitely. I think it was. I think it was the new HBC wave that came into play. You know, especially with Coach uh, Deion Sanders at Jackson State, Hugh Jackson at Grambling, uh, Eddie George at Tennessee State. It was definitely something that I could see was going and heading into the right direction. And I just wanted to be different. You feel me? You know, I wanted to give the HBCU level some love and I wanted to kind of bring that tradition back to HBCU football,
0: you know, and you took the next question right out of my, like, right. It's like you saw the questions on your screen. I was going (laughs) to ask you about the HBCU movement. And so I'll kind of switch it up on you. Once you decided to go to Tennessee state because of the HBCU movement, because of the relationships you made with the coaches, How active were you in Tennessee State's recruiting efforts? Because you were one of the first players to sign in that class, and we always hear about these the first players to sign start the group chat. They're the ones recruiting other players to come and play. How much of an active recruiter were you for Tennessee State?
1: Uh, Definitely. I mean, after I committed and signed, I pretty much got to work. Right there, I mean, I knew I knew a lot of people that had offers from Tennessee State, and I was I was kind of just like, hey, I did it, so you can do it too. I yeah, mean, I actually, it's crazy. I had a a close family friend over here in Polk County too. I actually got him to commit right before his second signing day, so he was able to jump on board with me. So I definitely feel like I was I was trying to pretty much get get all the talent from Florida up there with me.
0: I love it. Tennessee State, get this guy in I.L. Dill, the lead recruiter for the Tigers. And I saw you were even – you're still recruiting, man. I saw you tweeting it. I believe it's Alex Cunningham, the five-star D lineman who was up there at Tennessee State. I saw you were telling him, listen, man, we got something good coming. We yeah. need you to come to Tennessee State.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's my boy. He, he's definitely cool. He's a he's good talent, you know I mean? obviously. So I'll just – you know, I'll just chatting with him a little bit, telling him, I mean, hey, it's always an option, bro.
0: Hey, he has a lot of HBCU offers on that on the list that he posted earlier. I mean, that guy, we both know, is going to have offers from probably every single school in the country if he wants to. I mean, that's the kind of talent he is. But we got to get to Eddie George, man. That you mentioned his name as part of the big reasons why this HBCU movement is picking up so much momentum. What what is he like behind the scenes, man? What was his recruiting pitch to you? What is he like behind the scenes? Because we only get to see him in media press conferences. So, how do you feel about Eddie George?
1: Uh, Eddie George, he's definitely, I could say, one of the most humble coaches I've met. You know, especially like him being a Hall of Famer, coming from that NFL level. You know, he could he could be one of those Hollywood coaches. He can really be for the camera. But, I mean, from every conversation I've had with him, from on the phone to in person, he's really just a, a good, down-to-earth guy who really cares about the players. And when we really talk, it doesn't even have to necessarily be that much ball he definitely talks about a lot of times how he wants to build me as a person, as a man, and in his program, how he wants me to be able to get something out of it by the time I leave.
0: And you know, with 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 head coach Eddie George, I feel like he's a different personality than like a Dion is with the cameras and the lights. And you know, Dion's always in the forefront. You know, I, what I've heard about Eddie George is he's he's like that to the players, but he's more reserved, doesn't want all the spotlight on him. For you, do you feel like what he's doing at Tennessee State is being overlooked on the recruiting trail and the program he's building? And he, he probably needs to get a bit more recognition for what he's building. Oh,
1: yeah, most definitely. I mean, definitely, as you said, like Deion Sanders over at Jackson State, I mean, it's, it's prime time himself. So, you know, you're always going to have the cameras and the media over there. But definitely what uh, Coach George is building over at Tennessee State is really great. I mean, just out of the transfer portal alone, we done got some pretty big-name guys that's going to help out, contribute to this year. And shoot, we're recruiting, too. We done have some good guys signed that's going to help make an impact. So he's, he's definitely – what he's doing is definitely kind of being underlooked because I feel like he's doing a really great thing for the program. And he's really trying to change the culture.
0: Man, for sure. But we got to get into your season, man. You're coming into Tennessee State, three-star. This defense has some secondary holes that they got to fill. Corey Raymond headed to the NFL, multi-time All-American safety, and a few other guys have departed now. What are your goals looking at the 2022 season? And this is just personal, and then we'll get into some team goals.
1: Okay, yeah, uh, most definitely. I mean, the number one goal for me coming in this year is I definitely want to be a freshman All-American. That's my number one goal. You feel me? I wanna be able to make my name known at this HBCU level at the FCS level and definitely show that I can play college football. Um another goal would definitely be, you know, I wanna I wanna say I'm gonna shoot for uh five plus interceptions. That's
0: that's Ooh. probably Listen, if you get five interceptions your first year, that FCS all the, or that freshman All-American might shift into an OVC FCS All-American in general. Man, that's that's a, that's a lofty goal, man. I love to hear. It. But what are the team goals? I know I know you're just kind of getting into the program and everything. But for you looking as an overall team, knowing what y'all have, what's the goal for Tennessee State in 2022?
1: Uh, Definitely the goal this year um I definitely as a team is to win the OVC win our conference I mean I feel like it'll make a big statement from last year because we didn't get that job done and you know I really feel like eight plus wins and getting us a bid into the FCS playoffs because I really feel like if we make it into the FCS playoffs we could really make some noise and kind of shake up some things in there
0: I like it. And I mean, Tennessee State going into, I believe it was week eight or nine last year, had a shot to win the OVC. You guys were right there in contention. And, but there were some really good teams down the stretch that, you know, got the better half next year. But if y'all win the OVC, man, get that automatic bid, probably get to host the game. That would be yeah. huge for Tennessee State. And I picked you guys. So listen, I'm, every Tennessee State player I'm having on here, I'm telling you, when you win, I need to see the rings, man. Y'all got to come back and, um, and show off the hardware to everybody. But, I know that the the leader answer in every player says the first game is the most important, but we all know I played as much as that next game is the most important. We all have that game. We circle on our calendar for any given reason. For you, what game on the schedule are you looking forward to most?
1: Uh, you know, I definitely feel like it's kind of self-explanatory. You know, I got I got my calendar marked for Jackson State, you know, second game. and as- <laughs>
0: i like it man listen the last southern heritage classic too so whoever wins is gonna have bragging rights for oh, yeah. however however long it is till, till that game gets signed back on i love to hear it but look you know well look i want to i want to get into who do you model your game after the most and i love player comparisons and there's no better person to break it down than the actual player himself so looking at the nfl today who do you think you model your game after the most
1: uh, who do I model my
0: game after
1: the most? Ooh, that one right there. Uh, you know, I'm going to say, I'm gonna have to say Denzel Ward.
0: Oh, I like that.
1: Denzel Ward. I mean, he's definitely not one of the bigger DBs in the league, but just the way that he has great cover skills, but not only that, but his physical asset that he brings to the game is phenomenal. And I feel like that's something that I possess, you know, I'm definitely a good guy in coverage, but you know, one of my favorite parts of my game is how physical I am and how I really have a nose for the football. So that's somebody I could definitely see that I'm out of my game after.
0: I mean, listen, I'm a big Denzel Ward fan. When he was coming out, when he was coming out of Ohio State, I was like, I think he might be the best player in the draft. I mean, that's the type of talent he had, and that's why he got the bag. I think he got what two hundred something million, almost or something like that. I mean, that's, that they they pay they pay stars, yeah, and. Man, for me, you know, being an Olama, man, we don't get to be flashy like the DBs. We 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 gotta be in the trenches. We don't get to do everything special. But for me, I was very superstitious. I had to have everything ready, listen to certain songs. For you, how superstitious are you? What's your pregame routine? How do you get ready to go out there and ball out?
1: Uh, you know, I really my pregame Richard, it, it ain't nothing special. You know, uh definitely like coming to the facility or whatever for pregame. I definitely like to have music playing in my ears, you know. I like to listen to I like to listen to a lot of hip hop music film right before the game and like a key part is for me if I if I don't dress good I feel like I don't play good you know like my drip is one of the most important parts of my game so you know before the game I have the whole layout the whole wardrobe laid out before the game
0: Hey, man, I mean, you you know, Florida schools, man, the, the high school programs, they're always got the best uniforms, man. I played in Alabama and there was like our uniforms were so plain, like there was only so much you can do. You guys had like the, one of the most fire uniforms in Florida, man. And I think even looking at St. Thomas Aquinas and some of those schools, like you guys get like the top notch uniforms. So like I I'm definitely jealous of that. But you mentioned if you don't look good, you don't play good. Another quality a lot of dbs have is trash talking man listen every db i have on here i tell them about i've had countless wide receivers come on here and just snitch on y'all they they blame the dbs for everything every fight every trash talk exchange is always the db starting it according to the wide receiver so for you how big of a trash talker are you during the game
1: uh trash talking i'm definitely i definitely say i got a. I got a pretty good mouth during the game (laughs) Especially once i get going if i get going early in the game i mean you're really not gonna hear the end of my mouth to that scoreboard done you feel I me mean? so i definitely i definitely do talk a good amount of trash during the game
0: oh man i like it man we even it, it went even so far on this show man we had justin four from montana and he said he doesn't think anybody can be a good dB if they don't talk trash he said it just for a DB you gotta talk trash so I, I love i love to hear it man i,
1: I, I never feel like you know, as a DB on the field, you got to you gotta walk around with that swagger to yourself. And you really got to have that mean demeanor to yourself. I mean, you know, there's a lot of quiet players out there. But, you know, when you're talking, once you get getting active and you're, you're able to back up your talk with your play, I mean, it just really makes you play 10 times better.
0: And you guys, like, for me, earn it. Like, being an O-lineman, you know, my job's not really hard. I got one guy to handle, and it's him the entire game. QB, of course, got to memorize the whole playbook, know where everyone is. But for me, DB's definitely got the hardest job on the field, just coming from another position. Like, to not know what the other player's doing at all, and you just got to react on the fly. I feel like you guys earn the right to trash talk. Like, you can't yeah. be a kicker in trash talk. Like, you didn't do enough yeah. to, to, to trash talk for me. So I, I agree with you on that, but... I know OVC wide receiver is going to be tuning into this, trying to get some si- some sort of, like, you know, f- foot up on you. But what is the number one mistake a wide receiver can make against you one-on-one?
1: Uh, One-on-one, I definitely feel like the number one res- uh, mistake a receiver can make is trying to be physical with me. I'm a, I'm a real physical player, and especially when I can feel that my opponent is getting physical with me, I'm just going to get back physical 10 times harder. So I definitely feel like, I don't recommend for the opposing team to try to get physical because, I mean, I'm a real physical guy.
0: I like it. And so if you had to classify yourself, and we always hear, you know, zone corners, man corners, do you travel? For you, where do you feel most comfortable, man? Are you more comfortable in a zone type of scheme, or would you rather just be man on man, I'm following my guy all game long?
1: Uh, I'm really, I'm really more of a zone guy. I definitely like to be able to I like to be able to read the play I mean, as the play develops or whatever. And I definitely like to, you know, you can alert the quarterback. You can really do a lot of different things. And then in zone, you know, that's where that's where you really get those action plays. You know, you can kind of sneak up on a route concept. I mean, so I definitely I definitely say I like to play zone.
0: Oh man, I like that. And so then it's Florida, man. I know you probably have a list of guys you can name, but just looking back through your career, man, who is the best offensive player you've ever had to face? Ooh, that's the best player I've ever had to face.
1: Um, Should I could say it's actually, I mean, I could say some players on my team. Actually, I definitely feel uh, the hardest player I've ever had to face was uh, actually the running back for my school, uh, Jalen Glover. He's actually over there up at Utah right now. I mean, when you talk about just an all-around dog, I mean, I'm talking about every day I practice, me and him, we was going back and forth that and it was just a battle every day. <laughs> So definitely, like his skill set that he brought to me, it was like it was never a day that I brought something and he didn't bring something right back at me. It was just a, it was just a clash back and forth. So I definitely feel like he's he's definitely the toughest guy I've had to face.
0: Hey man, I like it. and listen, it that Utah program is has been built by Kyle Whittingham into a powerhouse over there in the Pac-12. It was in the Rose Bowl this year and everything. So I have no doubt. And you got a running back you're going to have to deal with on campus too, man. Devin Sterling is a monster. Yeah. And running back. So I'm excited to see those battles, too. But, man, looking at you got a lot, you got four years upcoming at Tennessee State, possibly three for you looking at your overall career. What are your goals that you want to achieve over these next four years at Tennessee State?
1: Um, Definitely before I graduate, uh, I definitely want to be able to say not only on the field, but I made an impact in the community off the field. Uh, you know, Nashville, Tennessee, it's a great place. It's a great environment. And it's a lot of great people there. And I definitely want to be able to give back to the community. So, you know, once I graduate, you know, make it to the NFL, whenever I'm able to look back, I can look back and say that people that I played in front of, people from the city that I came from, was able to say, hey, man, you know, we loved him. He was a great community guy. He definitely helped out the community so much.
0: Hey, man, I like how you took it. All, you know, off the field into the community, man. But listen, I'm excited to see what you guys have to offer next year for as a whole program, And I'm excited to see what you achieve in your freshman year and over your career, man. But this is all about promoting the players. And so let the people know where they can follow you on all social media, where people can contact you for NIL deals. And also, man, any shout-outs or anything you want to say, man, this time is yours.
1: Uh, you guys can go follow me on Instagram at uh, underscore thirty three uh for all nil deals you guys can go hit up my guy coach t at elite empire athletes that's my guy right now for nils and you know shout out shout out to my parents you know without them i wouldn't be able to be here and definitely shout out to the man above he's the one that gifted me with all my talents
0: Hey, man. Guys, go follow my guy. And make sure, the bigger he gets in social media, the bigger and better NIL deals come his way. And if you're a company, go get my guy NIL, NIL deal, man. He's deserve it. Get on the bandwagon before it gets too big for y'all to get on. And man, Dion, we're going to have to have you on. Like I told you, I need to see that hardware come December, man. I want to see that FCS playoff run. And I appreciate you coming on the show, man. But guys... Follow Dion on all social media. He'll be back on the show after the season for sure. But, guys, for Dion, myself, and the Blue Blue Bloods, we are out for right now. All right. Thank you.